Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for July 17th. How is everyone doing today? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF 21 Sports. On Instagram, for everything sports betting, if you guys want to become part of the betting team, I'm already having people hit me up to become part of the football package. Hit me up on that at ETOF 21 Sports underscore. For my five things about yesterday, fantasy football stuff. Guys, the fantasy football draft guide pre-sale is live for only $8.99. It is going to be shipped out on August 1st. I'm making the finishing touches on it, putting it all together, proofreading it, all that fun stuff. You can find all that info at etof21sports underscore fantasy. For horse racing, we have a loaded, an absolute loaded day of horse racing today at etof21sports underscore horse underscore racing. Wow. How's everyone doing today? Can we believe it's already July 17th? It seems like the summer is just flying. NFL's right around the corner. College football's right around the corner. And Jesus Christ, where has the summer been? I'm still here in my new place. For those who don't know, I moved at the beginning of the month. Ordered some nice new leather furniture. And I still don't have it for the new place. My living room is completely bare. I have to sit on one of those workout sit-up balls, or I have to take my desk chair into the front room if I want to watch on the big screen. Any sports, which is a little frustrating. Hopefully that stuff comes soon, but you guys don't want to hear about that. You guys don't want to hear about me whine about that. Great day of sports today, like I said. We got an Xfinity race today, NASCAR tomorrow. Brandon will be coming on. We'll be breaking down the NASCAR docket Betting wise, we hit Kurt Busch at 35 to 1 last week. NBA, my girl Shy is going to be coming on. We're going to be talking about NBA. We have NBA Finals tonight. We have Gold Cup, UFC, MLB, and like I said, a loaded day of horse racing. And guys, I'm going to be at Arlington a day. I'm going to be taking advantage and going to Arlington as much as I can on these Saturdays. So if you guys see me there, I'm usually rocking the ETOF 21 Sports shirt. If you guys see me at Arlington, come up, say hi, talk sports, grab a beer. And just go from there. But guys, the one thing about Arlington that always amazes me is the talent of women. And I'm single. Me and the girl, we broke up. Just now getting back in the dating pool. I've gone on a couple dates. Um, met one insanely attractive lady there last week. Got her number. Maybe we'll try to get together. I don't know. She has that. Uh, she's got a couple kids. So working out the schedule is a little little bit difficult. But uh, yeah, you know, it's... It's amazing track. I'm like I said, I'm sad to see it go. I really think if they follow the Gulfstream Park mantra of business with the casino and the concerts, the sports book, they can make it work. And it's going to be interesting what happens. The Bears put in a bid. Are the Bears gonna go? The Bears have this contract down in the city, and the soldier field's a piece of shit. I mean, as no MRI machine. Turf is terrible. It's a pain in the ass to get to. There's no parking. And let's face it, the majority of the people that go to Bears games are up in the northern suburbs like I am. So if they move out to Arlington, it's going to be a lot easier because that's right off 83 and that's a little interstate highway. So it would be a lot easier to get to. But at the end of the day, it's all about money. Churchill values the property of the land more than horse betting. And I really think, like I said, if the Stornich group or another group comes in, they could really make some headway and do a right thing. And like that area could be a cash cow. 
but like I said, I went over that all all last week, so you guys don't want to hear that again. But you know, I'll be at Arlington if you guys see me there. Come up, say hi, talk, shoot the shit. I'll buy you one of their expensive as hell beers, and we will go from there. I also want to give a quick shout out to my boy Gino Bacala, guys. If you're not following Gino Bacala, make sure you follow Gino. Gino's a great, great guy, good friend. It's kind of crazy, like him and I, like we started talking years ago on social media. He used to be the um, work on TVG, and him and I used to talk fucking years ago. And over Twitter, like him, like developed a friend, and I consider him one of my good friends in life so uh you know make sure you're checking him out especially with delmar and saratoga starting off uh, the last couple of days one of the most knowledgeable horse betters i know make sure you check him out also thank you for him he lets me go on do my rant about nba and everything and nfl i'm looking forward to that and also him and i've been talking about possibly doing a live thing on a sunday where we go over the games maybe give some bets talk a little fantasy so make sure you guys be on the lookout for that so that's something exciting. I'm really uh, looking forward to that. In terms of my free plays, shit in the bed in the Gold Cup, three straight losers, but I will bounce back. Today we have, what do we have? We have three plays in the NBA that have already been sent out to members. I'm going to lock into the Golden Cup to find some free plays for you guys today. Also, all my free plays, they're going to be starting to be posted on Better Than Vegas on that Twitter site, so make sure you guys are following me there. But like I said, great show today. We got my girl Shy coming on, talking NBA, Brandon coming on, talking a little NASCAR. But before I jump into that, this is what I need to talk about. I need to talk about sports betting. So sports betting always blows my mind. You see these guys come on here and they do these three or four team parlays and they're barely breaking even money. And those are the bets that I fucking hate. I hate those bets. If I do a parlay, I want to make sure that I'm getting the right odds. I'm not going to do a parlay unless I'm getting the odds of minus 110 or better for whatever numerical value it is. Because there's so much random shit that can go on. I would rather take a parlay where I have two dogs and put a low risk on it. That way, it's a low risk, high reward ROI. That's what I would do if I were to do a parlay. But we need to remember people that long-term parlays are not the fucking answer. Long-term, it's disastrous if you constantly bet ROIs, and that's what the sports book is hoping that you do. They are banking on the fact that you'll take a swing on a parlay, you'll hit it, and you'll think this is easy, then you'll start doing it every single day or every week in college football or NFL. That's what the books want. And if you guys do that, you're playing right into their motherfucking hands. So we got to be discipline and play the straight plays follow the unit system that you have out and just go like that because this guys this is a grind this is something where you're not going to make millions of dollars overnight this is something you have to grind and work at and i've been doing this stuff for years so if you guys have any questions hit me up but when i see these guys put out these plays and then tout these plays i don't mean to sound like a dick but i can one post i know if you are legit or not legit when it comes to sports betting that's just what it is. I'm not saying I'm all that in a big in chips. I have some good days. I have some bad days. But guys, when I look in the mirror and I make my money betting sports and I live a comfortable life and people pay me for my ideas and my thought process when it comes to sports betting, I think I know what I'm talking about. And I think I've earned my street cred. So that's my rant on sports center betting. Guys, also the fantasy football guide. Oh my God. 
I am proofreading right now. It is phenomenal. If you guys are in a fantasy football league and you guys aren't buying my fantasy football guide, I guess you don't want to win. I lay out a draft plan. It's the same draft plan that I follow. And I give you how the best way to build a team is. I also give you a running back handcuff grid. The common mistake that people do when they build a fantasy football team is they just draft the best player. And they're like, oh, I just want the best player. No, no, you guys have to plan. If you get a CMC, if you get a Dalvin Cook, you have to draft their handcuff. So that way, if they get hurt, you have the person that's just going to be funneled right in to that running system and you're not going to lose a beat. Oh, but that's going to uh, take up a roster spot. I don't care. You got to plan. And the successful fantasy football players plan. There's a reason I'm constantly toward the top in every single league I do. There's a reason I cash at the end of the fantasy football daily slate. It's not by accident. It's because of hard work. And I know what I'm talking about. And my construction of my teams or my daily fantasy football lineup is there. Also in the draft guide, you're going to get a list of buys, positional rankings, players to fade. Last year, I told everyone not to take Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I was called what? And how did that work out? Edwards-Alaire was a bust. And I have a list of guys. Some of them are going very high that I'm telling you guys to fade. Don't draft them. I also have players to target. There's certain players that I absolutely love. And if you target those, they're going to lead you to a fantasy football championship. And more importantly, I have offensive line breakdowns. Guys, football's one in the trenches. I rank every team's offensive line, 1 through 32, give you their blocking scheme, and give you some notes on them. I also have positional rankings, top 200. I rank quarterbacks, every single position, you name it, it is ranked. And more importantly, I am giving you a team-by-team breakdown. My thought process on each team and yeah, it is like I mean it is it is a phenomenal value for only $8.99. I if you play fantasy football and you guys aren't interested in it, I don't know what you're doing. But if you are interested in it, hit me up at etof21sports underscore score, shoot me a DM there. We will start the process, pre-order and everything, or at etof21sports underscore fantasy. Like I said, we have a great show today and let's jump right into it. So we were treated to a phenomenal NBA game the other night with the Bucks storming back to defeat the Phoenix Suns to even up the series. So I asked Shy from All Eyes on Sports to come on and talk a little bit NBA. Shy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. No complaints. No complaints at all. I mean, that was an insane game. Yes, we, we saw it the other night. Booker, I mean, rebounded nicely. Giannis made some insane defensive plays. And Chris Middleton, it's the cycle of Middleton. He goes from being not good enough to being Batman to being not good enough. There's no, like, in-between with him. And yesterday was one of those days where he just took off. I mean, it was it was a crazy game. Pfizer was rocking. What did uh, what'd you think of the game yesterday? thought it was a really good game. I, I did have the Bucks to win game, too. So, of course, my prediction was right. Like you said, um, Middleton, people, people, they're always talking about Middleton, but I think 
the um the factor for fitness is Chris Paul and Chris Paul has had well last night he had a, a um really good game in his show and um I think the block in the full quarter that um I think what Giannis block what his name um Aiton Aiton correct at the end of the full yeah at the end of the full quarter I think that was that definitely sealed the game um a lot like I said a lot of people was talking real reckless about. Um, Middleton, and he scored 40 last night. Really excited for him, really happy for him. And he's been playing amazing basketball pretty much this whole series, whether it's been scoring, um, getting rebounds, or um, getting assists. I saw some crazy stat on Twitter today where Middleton has is tied for the most, um, I think it was like, go-ahead buckets in the fourth quarter. For a playoff run since LeBron James when he carried the Cavs to the title back in the day, which is absolutely mind-boggling to me. Um, yeah, he's been going crazy every full quarter in every game. And the thing about him, it's like he can make the difficult shot. You know what I mean? Like off balance, weird angles going up. It it was yeah. I mean, he's I feel finally getting his due. But back to that block, that block. Now, I'm not going to say it's as good as the LeBron block LeBron. because that was right. obviously in Game 7 and totally two different situations. But, I mean, he rotated off from Booker, circled back two steps, jumped up, and got the block. That was that was insane. And he had a steal on Chris Paul that led to a Connington 3 that – that gave the Bucks the lead for the first time in the fourth. I mean, the only other player in the league that could make those defensive plays that he was making, have it be stealing the ball from Paul or, you know, blocking Aiken, was your boy um, Anthony Davis. I mean, mm-hmm. we're truly seeing, like, how good Giannis is. Um, yeah, Giannis is really good. It's, it's, I think the only player, the only person that can stop Giannis is himself. Um, I'll be honest, he can he can do it all. And if he just had that mentality, then the rest of the playoffs, he could definitely have his first championship this year. And speaking of his first championship, here's something that's going to blow your mind. I He is going now to be the only the 12th player ever to, if they win it, to have two MVPs and an NBA title, which is... <laughs> insane 12th ever quote i don't think kobe only won the mvp once kobe hasn't done that and also he will have won his first nba title are you ready for this before jordan before lebron before steph before moses malone before wilt chamberlain like honestly everyone's talking about how this is like a legacy for um chris paul this is like really a legacy for uh, um, Giannis. If he wins this, he's going to be catapulted and on his way to being one of the, dare I say, one of the best ever just because he's so goddamn young. He's still only 26 years old, which is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, he's young. Um, and he's like his three-throw shooting is getting better, but I think you kind of hit in the head. Like The thing about him is – he could get in his own way just because like last night, the interview said he had to go to the bathroom. That's why he went out of the game, but he looks like he's like hyperventilating. Like, is he getting himself like so 
amped up that he needs to take a break. I don't know. It's kind of – the whole thing's kind of weird to me. Now, he's, uh, Young is, is – he's been tired every game. Literally, Aaron Brooks, every single game I've watched him play in this playoffs. That's what it is, tired. It's just – I mean, he has – his motor is like 24-7, and you wonder if that knee injury that he had, like, hurt his conditioning. I mean, that knee injury against um, Atlanta was – bad like really really bad it looked awful on um on the television it's crazy to think what he's doing right now and also him and Middleton I think it's a list of 12 to it's either 12 or 15 players to have 40 points and one turnover in an NBA final game which is mind-boggling yep. to me um, crazy stats. now in terms of the finals itself like I really felt yesterday the Suns, they started off the first first quarter great, started off the third quarter great. They were able to get the lead, but you look up at the scoreboard and just watching the game, you should I, it, it felt like the Suns should be up like 10 to 15 points. Yeah. But it was the game was never like they never got up that much because they just kept on turning the ball over and like like shooting themselves basically they're basically shooting themselves they just couldn't extend and I, I think they really blew an opportunity last night maybe um I, I actually went to watch the game last night when i left it was the fourth quarter probably like nine minutes left i think the sun was up like by nine nine or ten so i was just like yeah it's over i got as soon as i walked in my house it says it showed me the, the uh, it showed me Giannis block. Then it showed me that the Bucks won the game. I was just I'm like, what? What happened? Then I watched the highlights um, of the full quarter, and I saw exactly what happened. But the thing is, is and you said it before with Chris Paul. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love Jay Crowder. If I was building an NBA team, Jay Crowder is a dude I want on my team. He oh, he definitely is. You know, he steps into the three with confidence even though he's like a fourth or fifth option he steps in and he's not shy of the moment tough as nails will go up for the rebound plays defense everything but he can't be your second best player and you win an nba finals game and that's what that's what he was last night he was their second best player paul completely no-showed i don't know if it's nerves or i heard on the radio today someone was talking they think he's hurt do you think he's hurt or what? What's up with him? Um, I I can't really put my finger on. I, I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised um, if he was if he is hurt, but and still trying to play to win a championship. Obviously, Chris Paul should have how many championships by now? What two or three? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. And that's the thing, like some guys, they just get tight in the moment. Maybe he got tight, maybe he got hurt. The thing is, is like we probably won't know until a couple couple months later. But maybe he's tired because everyone criticizes Coach Bud, rightfully so. But yep. he's made some under-the-radar adjustments that have been good with the rotation or with the strategy. In Game 2... He started having Holiday. Now, all of Game 1, Holiday was on book. He started having Holiday pick up Paul full court. 
and just pressure them for, for the whole 94 feet. Now, maybe that the pressure and like, you know, just him being tired from having to bring the ball up against arguably one of the best defenders in the league is just finally just taking its coton on him because he's, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. Yeah, quick one, he's 36. 36? Yeah. So I don't know if, like, if that's getting it, get, getting it or something, but something's got to be up with him. Um, now let's shift our attention a little bit more toward Booker. I mean, oh, my God. That game last yeah. night was insane, and people are comparing it to Kobe. I'm going to do a little bit different. To me, that reminded me a little bit more of old school Dwayne Wade. You know, a lot of mid-range, operating like 18 feet in, dribbling down, getting to the rim, a lot of turn and pops. I mean, he reminded me of D. Wade back back when the Heat um, first won their title. Book um, did have a good game last night, but it's just so hard to compare anybody to Kobe. It's also hard to compare anybody to um Dwayne Wade as well. But I do love what Book brings to Phoenix. I love what he brings to the NBA. And he do have a bright future ahead of him. I mean he was just I mean it was it was one of the better just pure one on one just I'm just gonna go get a bucket and I don't care what the hell you do but you can't stop me. <laughs> um, yeah, he he definitely had the attitude last night. And it was great. I mean, it was great to see. And it hurts me because I'm from Michigan, grew up in Michigan. Huge Piston fan still, you know, even though I've kind of adopted the Bucks now since I'm out in the area. Um, mm -hmm. Pistons drafted Stanley Johnson instead <laughs> of Devin Booker, which still haunts me to this day. And with Booker being from Grand Rapids, Michigan, they had someone that was fine with the state and probably wanted to play for him. And that is just going to kill, haunt this franchise, and hopefully them finally winning the draft lottery will change change that, the history they've had. But anyway, back to the Suns. Um, I also feel like when you look at their role players, you have to kind of stand out. You know what I mean? You have to be noticed on the court. When I was watching that game, I didn't notice Bridges at all. The first two games, I noticed Bridges on the court. Last night... Yep. I didn't notice Bridget, Bridges at all. You you look at the from the Bucks standpoint. From the Bucks standpoint, I noticed Connington. Connington made a difference. I noticed Jeff yep. Teague only only though he played a couple minutes. For the Suns, I mean, besides Booker, you know, and probably Cam Johnson and Crowder, you really didn't notice anyone on the court. Aiken had 17 rebounds, and that was probably the most quietest 17 rebounds in the history of the NBA Finals. They mm -hmm. need someone to step up. When you look at that roster, what they bring to the table, I mean, do you think, I mean, between Bridges, Cam Johnson, Aiken, I mean, I'll even throw Paul in there, is who, who's going to step up and give them this lift? Because they're going back to, to Phoenix for game, game five on Saturday. Who do you think is going to step up? Bridges. You think Bridges is going to step up? Yeah. I mean, I like that yep. kid a lot. I... I I really like what he brings to the table and, you know, playing in that home arena definitely like loosens everyone up and they get the flow of the ball, yep. the flow of the energy a little bit more. And Pfizer's a tough little place to play. Like, I don't know how it comes off on, on the TV to you, but in person, that place is loud 
and it can be tough as hell to play. And, and like you're you're kind of like right on top of everybody, if that makes sense. You know. Like, Did you go to the game yesterday? Um, don't judge me, but I sold my tickets, <laughs> so I was. You what? I sold my tickets. Oh, I, don't, I, probably, I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sold my tickets, and I got to decide of what I want to do with, uh, with game, uh, game six. If I want to sold those or not, I'm still on the fence about that. Um, anyway, in terms of Monty Williams, like everyone, I thought Monty's done a great job, but last night I think he, I think he kept Book on the bench a little too long. He kept Book on the bench a little too long. Was was it game? What game was it last night? Game four. Game four was last night. Game three. I don't think he played Book in the full court at all. Yeah, but I mean, like, was that like that was another thing? Like, I thought he was hurt. I mean, granted, he couldn't hit the broad side of the barn, but I thought he was hurt. Like that. That I don't know. That whole thing is like really odd and weird to me. I just I don't know that like his. As much as everybody wants to throw Bud under the um, under the spotlight and like criticize his moves and rightfully show, so some of his moves like last season have, have been awful. This year, he he seemed to make like some adjustments with his rotations and his strategies that have worked. And dare I say, like Monty hasn't adjusted the last two games. Yep. I mean, like honestly, like how hard is it? To say, hey, they're picking up my 36-year-old point guard full court. Why don't I have Bridges or Johnson or Book or whoever bring the ball up the court? And then once we cross the mid-court line, let Paul initiate the offense. You know what I mean? Like, I, think, I think it'll be different game five. Like, when I go home, I think, I think it's going to be different. Yeah, I mean, that place in Phoenix is tough to play, and it's... It's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy because the one thing I love about the NBA is the initial reaction to everything. You know what I mean? Like after the second game, everyone was like saying like the Bucks were going to get swept, and now we have a best of three series, which is phenomenal. And I couldn't oh, yeah. be more excited. So let's get your um. So you said game five is going to be different. Let's get your uh, your game five predictions. Who do you think is going to win come Saturday night? Phoenix. Do you think it's going to be close or a blowout? Yeah. You think it's going to be a close I think game? It, I, think, I, think, I think Middleton going to um, come back and have a pretty decent game. I think Giannis is going to continue uh, dominating the glass. And he, he, he's going to have a pretty good game. But I do have Phoenix winning game five at oh. home. So what would be – so you have Phoenix winning game five, game six. What do you have going on? Well, they – well, they, they play in the Phoenix again, or do they go back to Milwaukee? For Milwaukee, would be Game Six in Milwaukee. I have Milwaukee winning Game Six. All right, and then Game Seven in Phoenix. Who you got? <laughs> I'm going Phoenix. Oh, so you got the Suns winning four three. Okay. I yeah. um, yeah. I'll be honest. I don't think. I think the Bucks are going to lose Game uh, Game Five. They'll rebound. Uh, for game six and then game seven is just going to be a war but I just think that the Bucks have kind of figured it out and I don't think the Suns can stop a Middleton out of the Cooper pick and roll for the life of them Um, I think they 
figured out like they don't need to play Lopez as much as they are, as much as I love Splash Mountain. So I, I really think you know they've um, there's their coaching staff figured it out, and I think that's going to get them to the um, to the NBA title, which is going to be which is going to be crazy. I mean, if Milwaukee wins it, and here's my one thing, like, and I mean, if this is a little Bucks biased, you know, I'm sorry. I don't understand how the um, narrative of Giannis has changed. It kind of seems like this year he's kind of being painted out to be the bad guy a little bit more. And I just don't understand how you cannot like this guy. You know what I mean? From like, where I think he's trying not to be a bad guy, but what it is about Giannis is when you are that player, you've won MVP twice. You won MVP and also and also defense to player of the year. When you win, when you when you win those kind of awards, they put you on another level of being great. And every game, Giannis isn't great. You can't players the great players, Kobe, LeBron. Dwayne Wade, they might have had games where they didn't play well, but their greatness still showed. But when it comes to Giannis, he just he does, he just doesn't show that greatness every time he steps on the court. I mean, I don't think he was great offensively yesterday, but I mean, on the defensive end, I thought he was hit those three. He made three insane plays: that steal from Paul off the in in um, inbounds play, the block on Aiken, and he had a block on Paul. And I think I th- I think defensively it was great, and I think offensively it was he was kind of like facilitating a little bit more. They're doing that pick and roll with him mm-hmm. and Connington when Connington would like dart out to the three point lane. So I mean, I don't know. I just I maybe it's my bias. Like I said, it just seems to me yeah, like yeah, you, getting... yeah, you're biased. You're biased. <laughs> you're a he is he's just getting a little more hate, and I mean that guy is basically he. He saved that franchise because they were going to move. But he came in and he exploded, built a new arena, got all the thousands of people's jobs because of the Deer District and the bars there. I mean, he's basically saved that team and a lot of people's basically job, livelihood. You know what I mean? So I just, I don't know. Like, I I think he gets criticized a little bit um, more unfairly than must. And, like, no, if you look at it, all the great players get criticized. So that Le- LeBron get criticized. LeBron can shoot a three. Le- LeBron can do anything right. He's still going to get criticized. If, if he passes the ball and get the game-winning assist, <laughs> he's still going to get criticized. But he should he should flash high. But they just come with being great. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I get it. And my thing is, and I, I said this when LeBron would get criticized for, for passing the ball up. I really feel if you're doing the right basketball play, that's the thing you do. You know what I mean? As long as it's the correct basketball play, that you can't really criticize criticize anybody. Um, mm-hmm. And then the thing for Middleton, like, it's funny because, like, when I listen to the sports media, and, like, let me, let me hear what you think about this. There's either two extremes of Middleton. It's either he's the Batman and Giannis is the Robin or he's not good enough to be Giannis's second guy. You know what I mean? There's like it is never like that. Yeah, it is. There's never like just any middle ground for what he is. He's a top no, it's not. He's a he's a top like 20 player in the league. He will make three throws, make an open three and he'll have games where he can kind of 
carry you to a victory, and he's good on the defensive end. You know, yep. I mean, that's basically what he is. Nothing more, nothing less. And everyone just tries to get in this thing about Batman Robin. And I don't know, like, I've always hated that term, and I just kind of feel there's certain things players do well and certain things players do, don't do well. Um, another thing that's kind of going on that's kind of in the background, kind of, is USA Basketball. They oh, yeah. had an embarrassing start to this exhibition thing losing to Nigeria and then losing to Australia. They rebounded against Argentina, but this isn't the same Argentina team that had Delfino and Ginobili back in the day. This team isn't doesn't have the size and that the NBA style athletes to compete against this NBA team. And as much as people criticize them for the loss, Nigeria and um, Australia, they have NBA players on their roster. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They have talent. Um, and the the, the um, international game, this is how I kind of look about it. And, you know, let me know. Let me know if you think I'm off, off, off key here. Luca qualifies for the Olympics. He is on the podium saying how winning an Olympic gold medal would mean more to him than an NBA title. Could, yeah, you ima- uh, yeah. could you imagine if Booker, who's playing the Booker, um, Holiday, and Middleton are all going over there to play the Olympics after the series is over? Can you imagine if one of them said that? That would never happen. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? We just don't look at international basketball the same as these other countries. You know, it's just kind of like we're just out there playing, you know? And yeah. Teams have systems. You know, they run like a certain system. They're around these guys all year round, and they just get the system down, the offense down, so they understand stuff. And with us, the United States, it's just kind of like, oh, we're just going to kind of come together and use our talent to kind of beat you. You know what I mean? And the game is officiated completely different. I don't know if you watch the game against – I think it was against Australia it happened, and it was probably the funniest thing I've seen in a while on a basketball court. Kevin Love did a pump fake, jumped into the guy from Australia, throw up, threw up the ball expecting to get the foul called, and the referee just looked at him like, no, that's that's not a foul. I mean, it was... I'm, I'm glad. I'm so happy about that. It, it was hilarious. and I So, I mean, I think, like, the officiating is completely different, and, like, those guys yeah. are going to have to get used to it. I mean, like... What what are your thoughts with USA basketball? Um, I think they have a pretty a pretty decent. Well, no, they have a good team because obviously everybody, all the guys are pro professionals. But I think when you um, I think when those type of guys all get together, you just have to find an adjustment in your five starters in your bench because everybody can do everything. And also with the um with the season being so what. The season, the season was cut short, right this year. The season, One of the NBA season cut short. They played seventy-two games, so they're just they're playing a lot on top of each other. But it was it was it was a shortened season, but it's kind of condensed. Right. So with them playing, those guys are probably still tired. You got to understand some of those players just finished playing in the playoffs, probably what a week before they even went over there. Yeah. So a lot of those guys still tired. Um, a lot of them, some of them get older, a.k.a. Um, Kevin Durant. 
So I think once they get their legs under them, um, they get adjusted to being over there, get adjusted to the courts, and also to the rest, they'll be fine. They'll actually win gold. But also on the flip side, like, and where y'all, you have to remember this too. Where is this tournament being played or this exhibition? Las Vegas. If you and your friends, let's say like you and your friends, you haven't seen each other for years. You guys beat up in Las Vegas. You're fucking going partying. You know what I mean? Like you're going out in the club. So, I mean, I guarantee those guys, how can I want to say preparation wasn't the best going into those those games and then I'm also sure. and then also news broke bradley brios is in um covid protocol his mm-hmm, it's tough. and grant jeremy grant's in covid protocol but his test oh. came back negative so i think if he gets another negative test he'll be able to go over there but usa is trying to figure out a replacement for bradley beal i mean there that's somebody you could really count on to get a bucket. Obviously. Yeah. Yep. That's going to be a huge uh, huge loss for Team USA. And something else to remember. Popovich is following Shostakovsky, who had that insane run as Team USA coach. Pop first was an assistant on the team that underachieved and only won the bronze. He was the head coach of the World Cup team, which finished seventh. And now he's the head coach of Team USA, and they lose their first two exhibitions. Are we, is Popovich under a little pressure right now? None. Pop is definitely probably the second or probably the best coach I've ever seen coach NBA. So, no, nah, he's not. And, it, and I was talking about narratives earlier. One of the narratives going around after they went 0-2 to start the exhibition season was, did Tim Duncan make... Greg Popovich? Um, did he, did he make him? Yeah. It w- be, did he make did, Popovich seem a better coach than Popovich is? Did Kobe make um, Phil Jackson? No. no. I mean, did Michael Jordan make Phil Jackson? Did, um, I mean, I, no. I think Pop is a good coach. Okay. Yeah, but it just goes back to my thing about narratives. Like, people want to stretch, say the hot take, you know, do whatever. And it's funny, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I got blocked on Twitter because I I retweeted something and about what Kendrick Perkins said, and I was kind of made a smart-ass comment, and Perk um, blocked me. And I kind of missed the stupidity of his comments just because – some of those things that those guys say are just so fucking far out there, and you just want to be like, "Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about?" Um, mm-hmm. So, do you think? I mean, obviously, I'm looking at the betting lines right now. Team USA is the betting favorite. Do you think? I mean, do you think they're going to win the win the the gold? Yes. Okay. Coach Pop would definitely win the gold this year. Do you think it will be like easily, or do you think it will be a little bit of a struggle? Not a struggle, but a little pressure. It's a, it's a lot of other NBA guys, and some of those guys um, over there uh, on those other teams are good enough to play in the NBA as well. So um, it'll be a little pressure, but not too much. They'll win. Now, lastly, one more question, one more discussion point before I let you go. This Kawhi Leonard stuff. I mean, there is some yeah, stuff that crazy. happened. 
that a kind of rubbed me the wrong way with, yeah. with Kawhi. Number one, there is that celebration after the Trey Man game in the Utah with the Utah series. Mm-hmm. All those guys are celebrating, and Leonard's just sitting in the, the locker room, like you know what I mean, like nothing's going on, like zero emotion, and you're kind of like, really, this is your team, you know what I mean? And yep. then I, I like Trey goes down in for the Hawks. He's on the sidelines, like helping people, helping his teammates. Giannis goes down, same thing. He's on the sideline helping his teammates. Where's Kawhi? Up in a box playing with his kids during the game. That really rubbed me the wrong way. Yep. I just... I agree. I don't understand how you're expected to go to battle on the basketball court to try to win a title. And you're up there playing with your kids. I mean, play with your kids on your own time when you're at home. You know, and I'm sorry if I'm off base, but him being down there and being as good as he is... He could help. He could be like telling people, like, man, hey, this is Paul's tell on the crossover. Hey, you can beat Book going to the right. You know what I mean? Like, it's I don't know. That really rubbed me the wrong way. And this a this 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 a mentality like the the greats the greats to be on the court on the court with their team every time hers or not. Yeah. So. It was just. It, well, technically, Kawhi Leonard didn't have to be. He didn't have to come to the game though either, because he was. Because he, of course, wait, he wait, he told his MCL, ACL. Which one was it? Well, he has a partial tear. Now, this is this is what I was being told. I have a I have a couple friends. One of them, like, this is what he told me, and the stuff he's told me has been pretty spot on a lot. Probably like 80 percent of the time. He told me that the Clippers doctors did the um, did the MRI, and it mm-hmm. basically it showed like a little tear, something where that will repair itself over time. You don't need surgery for, and Kawhi's camp felt like he needed surgery, and that was kind yep. of like the thing that was going on. And and the Clippers didn't say anything publicly because they didn't want a situation where what happened in San Antonio, them to go public mm-hmm. thinking you should play, Kawhi getting pissed and forcing a trade, and they don't want that to happen just because, think about this, how much did the Clippers mortgage to get Paul and George together? Their, their whole future for the next 10 years, probably. I know, like, all their picks are going to OKC, so mm-hmm. they have to keep him happy, and he's entering his free agent, he's a free agent right now. He is a free uh, agent yeah, this yeah. season. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he left. I mean, there's. I don't see him going to Miami. I could see him going to Dallas, as crazy as it sounds. Um, just because Texas, they don't have property taxes. Not property taxes. They don't have taxes in general. Like, So th- that's going to save him like $12 million, I heard. So, I mean, I could see him go there. But on the flip side... He commutes from San Diego to Los Angeles every single day. You know, that's going to be right. tough for him to, like, leave everything. and Because this is where he wanted to be. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting little little offseason with, uh, with Kawhi and everything. And then on Twitter it came out that he said, oh, I could see myself playing for the Golden State Warriors. Like, 
Can you imagine no, that? The only team that Kawhi would probably go to is right across the street to LA because he he's not going anywhere else. He gonna go to the he gonna stay with the Clippers or he gonna go to uh, he gonna join the Lakers or burn the AD. But I don't see him going anywhere else. Now, speaking of like superstars going other places, one of the big and it was it was kind of crazy like how this thing like all came out. You have Damian Lillard who's, like, said he's not going to leave, doesn't want to go to a super team, and then he backed the Blazers hiring um, Chauncey. And then it came out about this rape incident in, I don't even know when, like, the 90s. I never even heard of this incident before, and I'm a huge Chauncey Billups fan. I have a Chauncey Billups jersey framed autograph hanging up in my room. Like, that's how big... Mm -hmm. And I never even heard of this incident before, so it kind of caught me off guard. And then the Blazers fan base were blasting um, Lillard for backing someone that had like, sexually assaulted, raped a woman. And now Lillard is upset, and because of it, he wants to get traded. Like, what what, what the hell is going on with that? So, so many reports come out. We'll never know um, the truth to everything. I think I do think he gets traded in all season though. I definitely think he gets traded. To what team, I don't know, but he will get traded. I would love I feel like he will. I wrote something about this. I wrote an article about places I could see where Lillard going. And this is the trade that I I would like to see happen the most. I would love to see Lillard being traded to the Indiana Pacers for um, who was it? It was Lavert, Brogdon, and Picks. That f- team of Sabonis, Miles Turner, T.J. Warren, who's coming back. People forget that he was hurt all last year, and mm-hmm. and Dame Lillard. That would be a solid little a solid little foursome, and I think they could compete in the East. As crazy as it sounds. Oh no! They, yeah, they 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 could. They definitely could. Because Turner is great defensively, can stretch the floor and hit hit a three. Um, Sabonis is an all star, and T.J. Warren's a walking a walking bucket. I think that would be phenomenal. But I think if Lillard were to get traded, he get traded. He'd want to go to a big market because he's been stuck in Portland, you know, forever. And, I agree. You know, Portland isn't the best uh, NBA city to uh, to be playing in. Um, Shy, I would like to thank you for taking time out of your week to come on and talk a little NBA. We talked a little NBA Finals, talked a little Kawhi, talked a little USA Basketball, talked a little Dame Lillard. Why don't you tell everybody where uh, where they can find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at iSports, E-Y-E-Z-S-P-O-R-T-Z. It's been a while since I dropped a video, but I'm coming back next week. So stay Awesome. I'll definitely be um, on the lookout for that. Thanks again for coming on. And, uh, you know, let's buckle down and hopefully we'll get a a good uh, game five on Saturday. I'd like to thank Shy for taking time out of her week. She just started a new job. Come on, talk a little NBA. Guys, if you're not following her, make sure you follow her. She is one of the sharpest NBA minds there is on social media. She knows her shit. Give her a little love and make sure you hit that follow button on her Instagram account at selfmadeshy. 
Now let's shift our attention over to NASCAR. Brandon from Off the Post Boston Sports has been coming on every week, and we've been given our picks. Brandon, we hit a big one last week with uh, Curdy Bush at 35-1. to 1. That was quite a hit, my man. Uh, it felt amazing. Get us back up on the leaderboard where we need to be after a couple weeks of just some off, off picks, but I uh, felt good to get back. It wasn't, to your point, a small hit. It was a nice big 35-1, to 1, and uh, hopefully carry that momentum into this week. And here's the thing. You and I don't play chalk, so there's going to be weeks where we whiffed, and that stuff, stuff just happens. But at the end of the year, I mean, we've hit what was – Bell sixty to one. We've hit a thirty-five to one. We've hit a couple we eighteen had, to one. We had Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman was forty to one. Yeah. So I mean, we're hitting big numbers. So I mean, we could we could. I don't know. Hopefully, this doesn't happen. We could pitch it over, and we're still going to have a huge ROI on the end of the year, just because we're taking swings for the fences, and that's how you and I play, and that's what it's all about in my eyes. ROI at the end of the season. Correct. A hundred percent. So. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think going into this week, maybe a little bit different strategy. We, I'll definitely have or we'll definitely have our long shots. But this week, it might be time to grab somebody that we're going to talk about, grab them early, why it is where it is, and ride them. And we'll get into that, but we'll start off with you like we always do. Now, there was some big, um, before we jump into picks, there was some big, big news. And, you know, I, I said Cendric to the to the 23 team you've been saying it since day one Cendric to the two um kudos on that call why don't we talk about that a little bit yeah so they put Cendric in the two I was with you on Cendric to the 23 for a while so I won't stay away from that but then the more I thought about it Cendric had ran a couple races this season and he was in a Penske car and in Xfinity he's in a Penske car and then when the rumors started about Brad going to Roush Fenway and taking over Newman Drive, I sat here and I'm like, well, it's going to be a no-brainer for them to take Cendric from a Penske team to a Cup Penske team and take over the two, which he did. The mind-boggling thing that came out today with that news was the fact that they put Harrison Burton in the 21 car, which everybody assumes is just Wood Brothers. Please remember, guys, Wood Brothers is where the car camps at and where, where it goes when it's already done. But that is a Penske ride. So you have Harrison Burton go to the 21, and Matty D does not have a ride uh, going into next year. Now, what is Newman going to do? Is Newman retiring? Like, backtrack to Newman real quick. I think his smartest thing he could do is retire. Um, I think it's time for him to retire. As much as I like the guy, I think he's up in age. Um, he, He doesn't win races, clearly, anymore. Um, so what I would personally love to see Newman retire and Matty D go over to the sixth car, but then that also leaves Ross Chastain and Kurt Busch without a ride going into next year. So there's because gonna... Trackhouse, who is partially owned by Pitbull, bought Ganassi, or not, uh, not Ganassi, uh, or it might be Ganassi, the the one in the forty two. Trackhouse bought them, and that leaves. Again, Kurt and Ross Chassis without a ride going into next year. And Kurt just won a race. I mean, it's crazy to think, like, Kurt Busch and Chastain, who's a young up-and-comer, those guys don't have effing rides going into next year. 
Um, so but, it makes me ask you, though, as an owner, and I'm going to put you on the spot, Kurt Busch is your guy. He's a good driver, won another race. He's consistently in the playoffs. He wins a race every year. Do you bank on him for a couple of years and lose Chastain completely? Or do you pull the trigger on Chastain because he's young and fade Kurt Busch because he's older? I mean, and that's always going to be the million-dollar question. Like, And to answer that question, because I am a numbers guy, I would sit down and I would see, because there's going to be, obviously I'm going to have to play Bush a lot more per year than Chastain. So I'm going to have to Correct. sit down, I'm going to have to look at my operating costs, and then I'm going to have to look at how much revenue is projected for me having Kurt Busch and making the playoffs versus me nickel and diming and, you know, having Chastain and have the potential to make the playoffs down the road. Um, gun to my head, what I would probably do, even though I hate Noah Grayson, I'm, I'm not a Noah Grayson guy, I would roll the dice. I would sign Bush for two years, have him ride for two years, and then after those two years, i try to get Grayson and but then the, I'm running the risk that someone else would swoop him up for a ride. Yeah, great Grayson. Grayson, he is my favorite Xfinity driver, mainly because he took over the nine car that Chase was driving for Junior Motorsports, and he drives for Junior Motorsports. So I just clinged right to him. I'm torn because of his attitude. He's kind of cocky, kind of arrogant, kind of doesn't give a shit. But the, like it, I have a feeling we're going to be sitting ten years down the road, years down the road. Not necessarily winning races like Kyle Busch, but he will be the villain like Kyle Busch. Oh, for sure. For sure. But that that's what I would do with gun to my head. I mean, just because if you do start a new team, there's no better way than to make the playoffs. And I believe that Kurt gives you a better opportunity to make the playoffs than um, than Chastain does at this time in their, in their uh, career cycles. Now, Correct. Harrison Burton to the 21, that's kind of out of left field. Like, what, why, if you could pick a driver and think of the Xfinity drivers, Harrison Burton, he wouldn't be one of my top ones I would pick. Would he be you? That just seems weird to me. He's in the top 10 for sure. Um, I don't know if I'd put him as high up and give him a ride this quick. Because uh, he hasn't even been in the Xfinity series that long. But, I mean, he is sitting overall, he's six in points. He hasn't won a race this year, but he is six in points. Um, he's consistently good. He does have the best Joe Gibbs equipment, though, so I will say that um, behind Daniel Hemrick. But uh, I don't ever know how much, like, his father plays a role in it because his father, Jeff Burton, like, I, I don't know. But uh, I don't think he'll be a disappointment. I thought the same thing about Christopher Bell when he got put in. I thought that was way too early when he took over Eric Jones. He's proved me wrong. I just think a lot of these teams are trying to grab these kids while they're young. Yep, grab them while they're young, mold them, and try to develop the champions. Um, now, this week, we ship to New Hampshire. And it's an interesting interesting little track. Um I'm looking right here at recent races, and the driver with the best average finish is Kevin Harvick. Three races, two wins, 2.3 average finish, Truex 4.33. 
Denny, 5.67, Almarola, 7, and Joy Logano, 7.33. That's what we're kind of working with, with guys that have historically done better at this track over the last couple years. And then we shift to the odds. And guys, I'm going to tell you this. DraftKings came out with a new odd that I love, top 20. They had top yep. 20, and I got um, Briscoe at plus 160 to finish in the top 20, which is absolutely mind-boggling to me. Now, with that being my new favorite bet, I'm going to read you these, and I'll, I'll only read you the, the, the drivers at plus money. You tell me if any of these stick out to you. Stenhouse and Briscoe, even money for a top 20. Briscoe. Briscoe. You like Briscoe again? Eric Jones, yeah. plus 110. Mm. The, the toss-up, completely toss-up. Newman, plus 140. Yes. Ryan uh, Prince, plus 150. Who? Uh, Ryan Prince. I could say that because that's definitely one of the tracks. He raced a lot of modifieds there. So I could definitely see him having a successful race, and the odds are worth it. Uh, Michael McDowell, plus 160. Yes. Uh, LaJoy, plus 300. Absolutely not. Uh, my boy, Anthony Alfredo, plus 400. Absolutely not. Okay, so you like Briscoe, Newman, and uh, Ryan Prince. 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 So. And- I would I would like Ricky Stenhouse, but the man's nickname is Wreckit Spinhouse, so I, I can't trust him. I can't at all. Um, so now, in terms of this race, I'm looking at it, and I know he hasn't won a race all year, and I'm going to be a goddamn motherfucking broken record. But when I have Kevin Harvick at fifteen to one on DraftKings currently trading right now, and he has all won day. two races, I think you're a fool if you don't throw a little cheddar on that. How do you feel about Harvick? All day Harvick. Harvick all day. That's That was one of my guys, I was going to say, from the beginning, as soon as I saw those odds come out, I'm 100% taking him at the one. He's consistently top five at the track. He'll be there. And I hate to jump right to it, but uh, usually when a guy is a heavy favorite, like Larson or somebody, we're looking at odds at, plus 225, plus 275. I'm loving Denny Hamlin at plus 475. Hard not to. I mean, he's been a, he's historically run great, and he's definitely going to be on my card. I I love Hamlin this week, too. Um, but I will say this. What I wouldn't do as a gambler is right below them is Truex at plus 500 and Larson at plus 550. I would only take... One of those three. I would not play all three because of the ROI factor. Absolutely. I'm absolutely with you. Larson is going to be a threat at the track. But I think if anybody's going to be able to get the one win that they need that they haven't, is we're looking at both Hamlin and and, uh, Harvick, who are both winless. Now, what about Kozlowski, though? Because during last race, they did say how Kozlowski felt he needs to win at New Hampshire to have a successful play playoff run? I think it's absolutely correct. And I hate to have this mindset. No driver is going to roll over just because they're changing teams. 
But in my head, is he already checked out? Is he already looking the next year? He's already got a championship under his belt. No, like I said, he's not going to give up. Like that's just not the mentality of it. But I don't know if I want to put my money on someone that's already looking towards towards something else. I, I just I don't. He has nothing to quote unquote prove. He's got a ride, and he's comfortable. Uh, he's currently sitting plus six fifty. 11th in the playoffs. Yeah, he's got to win. So he is already in the playoffs. So I don't know what what motivation. I mean, he's good at the track. Uh, I'll give him that. But I'm I'm taking Kurt Busch at six fifty to one just because Kurt's a winner before I am because last year at six fifty to one. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, Kyle, like you said, Kyle's been running great. I mean, he's at plus six fifty. He's kind of turning it on. Um, what uh, do you let? Kyle's at plus six fifty. Your boy Chase is at plus 800, and the Logano is at plus 600. Um, do any of those kind of stick out to you? Not really. Um, last week was a huge disappointment for Chase starting on the pole. He slid through his pit box and just couldn't get back to where he needed to be. He finished seventh. I know he was disappointed because he kept saying he wanted to work at his whole track. Um, I'm jumping the, the two long shots. We talked about one of them earlier, just about the rides. I'm going to go back to Tyler Reddick again, who was running the top three last week at 80 to one um, or 66 to one, either, either one of those. But uh, he's back at 60 to one again this week. And he's been showing speed. Uh, so that is my one long shot. Then I got a weird feeling the way Penske released the Harrison Burton news. They never once said anything. About Matty D, no thank you, no nothing. They did come out and say, well, the reason we didn't mention him is because the season's not over. We have unfinished business, and I call bullshit. I feel they're doing him dirty. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see Matty D pull off a strong, strong finish. He is 40-1, to 1, but he is also plus, uh, where'd it go? The top 20 for him, oh, he's minus 400. Top 10 for him is plus 115. So I love the top 10 for him. But uh, those are my two long shots for sure. I just, I got a weird feeling. could be wrong, guys, but I just got a, got a feeling that the dude's going to be driving on edge to try and prove, prove something to get a ride next year. And, I mean, you you hit on the head. If we're gonna, the guy's pissed, that's when I want to back a driver. And, I mean... Matty D, I mean, at 40 to 1 right now, even you top um, 10 plus 650, that's a tough, tough butt not to uh, not to lock in. What about Eric Almorello? Like, that's another guy, he's, like, is he in his own head? You know what I mean? He just, historically, he's done well at New Hampshire. And do you, do you see him doing anything at all? I could see him having a solid finish, but the man can't get out of his own way. Just listen to this. So when you think Eric Almarola, you think good equipment, good driver, has won some races before. But these are the names above him in the point standings. Ryan Newman, Eric Jones, Ryan Priest, Chase Briscoe, Daniel Suarez, Ricky Stenhouse, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, Matty D, Chris Buescher. He is 27th in points. Like, it, it's just, it's it's horrible. 
That's just mind-boggling, and then that's not going to cut it. And with the talent he has and the the level of equipment he has, there is zero excuse for him to being there. Correct. Now, speaking of rides, how is he still going to be in the ten if he's like shit in the bed that much? I believe, and guys, you can spot check me on this because I don't know, but I believe he is still under contract. Um, he's a good face. He's good with the people. He's got a good story. I think it's hard to get rid of him because I think a lot of the stuff this year, he's just been wrong place, wrong time, consistently. That has nothing to do with him. So I feel it's hard for somebody to, to do anything when it's not that guy's fault, necessarily. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but then on the other hand, I'm, I'm just kind of like, God damn, dude. Like, if I got you know, these talented drivers out there and people I think are going to do better in my ride. It's hard not to, as a businessman I am, make the switch because at the end of the day, it's all about the money. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the one thing. Um, now, I'm looking at these from Bovada in terms of winner at the end of the year. Larson is currently plus 250 to win the, the Cup Series at the end of the year. I'm looking at this. Is there any value on a Kyle Busch at 8-1 to one or a Martin Truex Jr. at 9-1? to one? I don't like Truex at 9-1 to one because I don't been able to be consistent. Um, when it comes to the playoffs, guys, you got to remember it's all about consistency. You win, race, you win a race, you get moved to the next round. That, that's a given. But you can't have one or two Oops, races. What's, uh, I'm trying to find it myself. What's Denny Hamlin? Denny Hamlin's 8-1. to one. Just with his consistency, he's not winning races, but the man's top 10 every single week. And that that's what it truly comes down to. Now, uh, what about Logano? 10-1 to one for the, um, for the championship at the end of the year. I'm so, I'm so biased with that guy because I knew him personally real close way before he even got into NASCAR and not a fan of him but he's another guy when the playoffs start he's always in the mix I would have dropped the hammer on him but it's a good number at 10 to 1 now he's also 10 to 1 for New Hampshire he's good at New Hampshire he's real good at New Hampshire so I mean that that could be something something a little juicy so I'm thinking about this is kind of how my card is going to be shaping up. I will, you know, got to take Denny. I'll probably throw a unit and a half on Denny, a unit on Kozlowski at plus 650. I'm going to drift down here, do half a unit on Logano, half a unit on Harvick. I will do a quarter of a unit on Matty D, quarter of the unit on Reddick. Looking at the top 20s, I'll throw a couple on there. Um, I'll probably, actually, you know, I I don't know. I'll probably go, I'll probably go back two units on my boy Briscoe. That's kind of what my betting card is looking like for this, this race on Sunday. How about you? I like it. So I'm definitely going Hamlin for sure. Uh, Harvick's my second, <coughs> excuse me, my second big one. Uh, then I'm going with my two long shots. Tyler Reddick, and uh, 
Hold on. Tyron Reddick and Matty D. So 60 to 1 Reddick, 40 to 1 uh, Matty D. Those are going to be my four. I do want to say when it comes to the DraftKings lineup, I'll try and see if I can set one or if we can set one and post it to the page uh, sometime before Saturday, possibly, or even sometime on Saturday. Uh, for any of you guys that followed it last week, we were in the money. We fifteen dollar entry, one twenty five, so it was a profit. It was not a great profit. Uh, Daniel Suarez caught up in that wreck early, killed us. Newman and McDowell shit the bed because of the Harvick lineup. We had Harvick in eleventh. We had Blaney fifth, Bowman fourth, Reddick sixth. But then you had Newman twenty eighth and McDowell twenty seventh. So we shit on two guys. But other than that, we, we were at least in the money. And, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I say this to the day I die, and anyone that has listened to me, and you and I have had this talk off air, profit's what it's all about. And if you make money doing a DraftKings lineup, that's what it's all about. They sell you on the dream of the millionaire maker. The people that win the millionaire maker, it's basically the same concept as a whale at the uh, casino. They just gamble their money back, and they just give them unlimited entries because it's going to be a cycle. I've known people that have won the Millionaire Maker, and I can tell you guys firsthand, they don't live the glamorous life that you think, and a lot of them are basically struggling to get by. But um, Agreed. Agreed. And if you guys – I usually do two $15 entries every summer, and I can probably tell you guys that I, I'm still in the positive – I have had it to where I've been winning anywhere from 8000 to 50000 with 10 laps to go, and something's happened. So it is a whale. It can happen. Your odds of DraftKings, of hitting big, is going to be relying solely on NASCAR compared to football when the Raiders start a Division II wide receiver that you've never heard of in your life at the last minute who scores three touchdowns and somebody from California or – Las Vegas had the guy in his roster. NASCAR is different. You get your drivers to survive the race and finish within the top 10, you're going to profit money, period. And the one thing I don't like about NASCAR uh, DFS, and this is probably the reason why I don't do it as much as I do NFL. NFL, and like, you know, I've told everyone this, and, you know, I've talked to you about this. I do the 50-50s. I dive into 50-50s, and whatever lineup I project will have my best uh, point total, I will put into a, um, a bigger, like the millionaire maker, just because I, I know my best lineup against your best lineup, I have confidence I'm going to win. But when I play these people in the millionaire maker with it's my best lineup versus their 20 best lineups, I'm just not giving myself a mathematical chance to win to be successful. So that's kind of like where I stand with all that. But, um, all right, guys, always play with house money, get yourself lined up in places to where you can profit, even if it is small, and then you can start risking more if you want. And it's not going to affect your daily lifestyle. Use their money to win their money. And that's what it's all about. And there's all these places that come up and like monkey knife fight fantasy, um, just all these places. And, a lot of them just run these silly promos. Like if you open up an account, they'll give you a free hundred dollars in your account to play with. That's free money, dude. Like you could change that into something else. I do that stuff all the time, 
just because it's free. And like you guys should be doing it too. Um, you and I talked about Bovada's referral policy. I mean, guys, like if you know somebody that's a sports better and you have a book that offers a referral policy, why the hell aren't you using that referral code to take advantage of it? It just doesn't, you know what I mean? It just doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. No, it works, guys. There's no catch to it besides you got to be able to bet double or triple that bonus before you can withdraw it, but it's still free money you can play with. I referred a friend last week for UFC. He put $100 on his account. Guess what? I had an extra $100 on my account just for giving him the link to go to. Exactly. And the main thing is, is Brandon hit in the head. You have to read the rules because there's a lot of places that have these insane rollover rules that you just have to be careful about and everything. For example, and I'll make it short, the $100 bonus I got, I have to gamble a total of $500 in the sports book to be able to withdraw that $100. Yep, yep. A lot of those have those rollover, and some of them are just absolutely insane. I mean, I could, I mean, I hate to drift topics my first when i got into all this online stuff and this is probably going to tell my age my first sports book was bet bet dsi which was a great book basically it was like under the bet crisis umbrella basically the same thing as um bookmaker but just a different name and they broke away from bet crisis try to open up their own book and everything and their rollover thing was like if I referred Brandon, Brandon used my code, I get the 100 bucks. It was a 25 times, 25 times rollover before I could make any withdrawal. So that means I would and, have to bet $2,500. expiration date as well. Exactly, exactly. I mean, like, you guys got just got to make sure you read the fine print before you, um, before you do that stuff. But it's a great way to get a little extra money in your account. And uh, for us degenerates out there, make a, make a couple bets. Uh, Brandon, I want to thank you for uh, for coming on. Why don't you tell everybody where they can uh, find you? Yeah, guys, off the post, Boston Sports on Instagram and Facebook, BostonBoy83 on Instagram, uh, twitch.tv slash BostonBoy83 for Irickton. As you guys know, we did not make Road to Pro, but we are currently sitting number one in points in the truck series out of 614 people at going into week five out of 12 and we have now moved up in the oval asphalt to where we are sitting 227th out of 118,000. So things are rolling. Got two new sponsors coming on board in the next week, whole new paint scheme. I'll be sure to share it. Love to have you guys on. So follow me on Twitch, Boston boy 83. Come enjoy some racing. Awesome. I mean, I will definitely check that out guys. Make sure you're supporting Brandon, giving him a follow. Thanks a lot, man. Best of luck. And that's uh as they say, get hot, skate hot, and cash some motherfucking winners, my man. Let's go, bankroll, baby. Y'all have a good one. Guys, I want to thank Brandon for coming on. I mean, if you're not following him at BostonBoy83 and at Off the Post Boston Sports, what are you waiting for? He's come on week after week. We've been giving out NASCAR winners the whole nine yards. So, guys, you got to, for the love of God, give my boy a follow. He knows his shit. Friends with a lot of the guys. A racer himself, so he definitely knows what's up. So please make sure you're following him. That's it for the podcast today. Thank you for our guests for coming on. Appreciate it. Looking forward to this great day of sports. 
I will have a couple free Gold Cup plays posted over at Better Than Vegas. Uh, members, we've already been sent NBA plays for tonight. And I'm going to dive into UFC, and those will be sent out. NASCAR already on here, so you guys know what's that. I'll probably have an Xfinity play, too. And I love the horse racing, so make sure you're following my horse betting account at etof21sports underscore horse underscore racing. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Great show today. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys next week. Next week, we're going to be having some fantasy football talk. We're going to be start starting to go position by position. And Scotty, a.k.a. Fantasy Football Wishlist, him and I are going to be giving out our top five, top ten positional rankings. Talk about guys we like, guys we don't like, stuff like that. We're going to be doing one position a week, and that's going to be starting next week. Really looking forward to that, so make sure you tune in for that. Like I said, guys, thanks for tuning in. Let's drink some beer. Let's cash some winners. And I will talk to you guys all next week.